Goldie, one question, one question. Go, Paul, Paul, one question. Paul, one question. Paul, one question. One question. Paul, one question. Look at the camera right here. Paul, the question. Paul, 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 one question. Take a picture. All right, but get, get out of Paul, here. Paul, we got one question with you, Goldie. Goldie, one question. Folks, he's a tough man to crack, but I promise you by the end of the night, we will get him. Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of Newt News, a podcast hosted by three friends and lifelong Cards fans. My name is Sandy and joining me are Andrew and Christian. As part of our first episode, uh, we'd love for you guys to get to know us a little bit. We're going to try to talk about our favorite all-time Cardinals, our favorite current Cardinals, our favorite non-Cardinals, and then our favorite teams that aren't the Cardinals. So we're going to put together uh, a little bit of that for everyone. So we'll start with Andrew. All right. So my favorite all-time Cardinal, it's a little bit of a a little bit of a deep dive, but my favorite all-time Cardinal is Colton Wong. So Colton Wong is special to me because we have the same last name in Mandarin. So that's a pretty cool connection. Um, we wore the same number. Like I, I wore the 16 um, in Little League. They just gave me that. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool that um, there was a guy on the big club wearing that number and also had the same name as me. We both played second base. So I feel like that's also a cool connection. And also I got to meet him um, last last season gravy and i uh were at the game where uh Wayno and yadi broke the the all-time record for career starts as a battery and i went down to the dugout hoping that colton long would come up and, and sign my jersey and i didn't actually expect anything but he was actually there signing for all the cardinal fans even as a brewer um, and i thought that was really cool of him really really nice guy for doing that yeah that's awesome yeah um my favorite current cardinal is Paul Goldschmidt, um, NL MVP. It's a pretty, pretty mainstream pick, I would say, but I think Paul Goldschmidt embodies what it means to be a Cardinal for me. Um, he's such a great player, has all the fundamentals down, not really a me person. Like he hates talking about himself. Every time he, like someone interviews him, it's like, what do you think about the Triple Crown or the MVP or whatnot? He's always gonna be like, no, it's, it's always about the team. And I feel like that's what it should be because in baseball, one player can't necessarily carry the entire squad. And I mean, we'll see that with my favorite non-Cardinal in a second, but um, Goldie just has such a great personality for, for this team. And I really think he's gonna help us win and hopefully lead us to a championship one day. I alluded to it earlier, but my favorite non-Cardinal is actually my favorite player. I know. So. Yeah, you can't have your favorite player not be a Cardinal. Come on. I know, I know. But um, I just have to because he's just one of a kind. He's special. He's a unicorn. Uh, I've been told I'm in love with this player by some of my friends. Um, I, I don't know where that comes from, but um, my favorite player who's not on the Cardinals, hopefully will be one day, is Shohei Otani. That's no, not happening. Yeah, I know. Never I know. But, we can help. Pop your yeah. Um, the first thing about Otani is in my first like real fantasy baseball season, I drafted Shohei Otani in the 17th round. I was like, I'm going to take a flyer on this guy. Everyone thinks he's washed. Um, everyone thinks he can't do the two way thing, but if he can put a that? decent 2021. Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. So um, it was after COVID when he was had the worst season of his career by far. And no one thought he was going to be a two-way guy. Everyone's like, this is his last chance. But I think I thought that Otani had promise. And if he put it together, that's a great pick at 17. I, I had no idea that he was going to completely shatter the world and yeah. become the best player in the league. But 
yeah yeah it just happens that way and yeah he's a great great uh player it's unfortunate that he happens to be on my my second favorite team which is the anaheim angels um yeah it shows you that that star power doesn't always bring you championships or even the playoffs like the angels with otani and trout arguably the number one and number two players in the sport i really hope they can get some help and if not come deadline maybe the cardinals are are in on a little shohei action but i just don't see how they trade shohei but i'd love to see it happen i mean maybe they'll they'll throw 50 million our way as well i don't know yeah yeah <laughs> a little jeff british action yeah well for me um Again, my name is Sandy, and my favorite all-time Cardinal is also a little bit of a deep dive. Uh, it is and always has been Alan Craig, and I can't really tell you why. You know, I got into Cardinals baseball when I was a lot younger, and we shared the same birthday, July 18th, um, so very service level, uh, but I always just loved Alan Craig, and I guess right around the time I started actually understanding baseball and watching it, so that would have been between 2011 and 2013, um, Alan Craig had the most productive years of his career, so there was that year in 2013 when he had a ridiculous, it was like 360 or 370 average with uh, runners in scoring position. So that was a ton of fun. He was just always at the center of everything. The Cardinals who did have the number one offense in the national league that year were doing. Uh, and so, you know, it was really easy to like him. His career in St. Louis came to a pretty uninspiring end. He was dealt to Boston and then spent some time in the Padres system. He's been out of baseball for a while now. Uh, as for my favorite current Cardinal, it's got to be Adam Wainwright. I know it's tough to pick, uh, you know, Wayno, an aging pitcher over the two superstars we have at the corners in Goldie and Arnado, but he's just been there so long. You know, he's really the, the last remnant of kind of a bygone era of Cardinals baseball. He's got that iconic 2006 moment. I just grew up watching him, understanding that it was him and Chris Carpenter. Uh, and Wainwright's just stuck around through the years. He's also done so much in the community. So for me, it's got to be Adam Wainwright, uh, even though there are plenty of other great Cardinals. My favorite non-Cardinal, I'm cheating a little bit here, um, but it's got to be Sandy Alcantara for me. You know, I mean, how many other baseball players are named Sandy? How many other people are named Sandy, right? So that's pretty cool. Uh, I remember seeing him come up through the minors. Yeah, I peeped the, the Memphis Redbirds hat. So I'm a little bit of a prospect guy, right? So I'd watched him quite a bit. I was excited when he came up. Then that uh, regrettable trade for Mr. Ozuna from the Braves, uh, Marlins deal Ozuna. We give back Daniel Castano, Magner Sierra, Zach Allen, and Sandy Alcantara, the 2022 Cy Young winner. Um, but I've just enjoyed watching him pitch for the last couple of years. You know, uh, really still one of those old bulldogs on the mound, wants to go nine, you know, loves the spotlight. So, but since he was a former Cardinal, I'm not sure it's allowed. So besides him, it's probably DeGrom. I just think he's so much fun to watch. I got to see him in person back in 2018, uh, which was really special. I was going to see him in 2021, but he had, uh, you know, those injury problems during that magical first half. And then my favorite team that's not the Cardinals is probably the Marlins. It's a little bit of the Sandy Alcantara factor, a little bit of the Jazz Chisholm factor. They're just a really fun team to watch. Granted, their offense hasn't been there the last couple of years, and they've, you know, really struggled to contend. But 2020 was a lot of fun. Made the playoffs, knocked out the Cubs. Really appreciated that. Um, so we'll see. But no, I mean, everyone is several tiers below the Cardinals in my mind. So, you know. Yeah. Okay. So I, I can go next. Hi, I'm Christian. And um, so my favorite all-time Cardinal has to be Albert Pujols. I know it's a mainstream pick, but um, I've just really enjoyed watching him all of my time watching baseball um my favorite cardinal 
current Cardinal has to be Paul Goldschmidt as well. Um, I mean, his, he was the NL MVP last year. He is just a master of his craft. And I really enjoy watching like his, his unique form and how he attacks um, being at the plate. And it's, it's always been fun to watch him. Um, favorite non-Cardinal for me has to be Miguel Cabrera. He's been in the league for eight ages. And I was just looking at a stat line a few uh, minutes ago with Andrew. And he had 11 straight seasons with 100 plus RBIs. And wow. it was pretty incredible. Um, the the level of uh, the level of play he's kept up over the years, and he's just he's just an enjoyable player to watch. Even now in his uh, final season next year, I'm excited to watch him. Um, and I think for my favorite team that's not uh, the Cardinals, I I kind of float between two different teams. I float between the Orioles and the Mariners. Um, but I like watching uh, all the young talents coming out of the Orioles organization. And, you know, Julio Rodriguez has been really fun to watch, especially last year in the Mariners. And seeing them make the playoffs for the first time in ages is awesome to see. And I can't wait, what, can't wait to see what uh, happens with them in the next few years. Yeah, snapping that, you know, what was it, 21-year drought? That was awesome. Yeah, no, that, that was awesome to see. I, I can't yeah. wait to see. Uh, what they do in the next few years. J-Rod and, uh, J -Rod and Rutschman, definitely two special talents up and coming on those young teams. So it's very exciting. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I saw I, you, you told me before the show that you hadn't seen the Mariners documentary, which is shocking because, like, it's just such a good, such a good watch. Um, yeah, shameless plug for John Boyce. Such a good, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to hop on that. Sure. I'm going to start watching that tomorrow. Uh, it looks like Six a part really series. Yeah, three hours and 40 minutes, but it, it looks like it's going to be uh, very interesting. So No, well worth your time for sure. Heck yeah. All right. Well, we also wanted to go around and just talk a bit about when we first like started watching Cardinal baseball and then when we became, you know, diehard fans, because that's something the three of us have in common. We're not just regular fans. We are, you know, all in, uh, very dedicated. So when did you, you know, really become infected with the, the fan virus? Start with Andrew. Um, I would say in, in 2011, that magical World Series run, of course, I wasn't mm -hmm. living in St. Louis at the time, but I actually moved away. Um, and I was living in, in New Jersey. Um, it was a class full of Mets fans. It was, it was pretty awful, you know, like, awful. <laughs> like they're, they're hassling me. They're like, you got to pick a team. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go with the Yankees because, uh, just just to make you guys mad so I, I also have a little bit of a soft spot for the Yankees I know that might make me a villain in this in some of these circles but um <laughs> yeah it's it's a little bit unfortunate for for you guys but um that was probably when I when I really like started becoming like, into baseball and like watching the Cardinals because I was there and I was like oh my team is my team is in the playoffs and, and they're like making this magical run and you guys are sitting at home like I yeah. don't know like I, I wonder, I wonder how that feels for you guys. Um, and then yeah, that, that continued run of success. Yeah, yeah. I was at the World Series game where Alan Craig tripped. Your favorite player, Sandy. He tripped. Thirteen. Oh my god. Almost the yeah. game. Wow. That was. Yeah. I was so confused. I was like, "What? Well, he was he was out by a mile. Like, what happened?" But. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's obstruction. Well, then just apparently. just a couple games later, your favorite player would get picked yeah, off well, to end it. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. Well. In case you uh, forgot. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah, I guess um, for me, 20. Oh, you keep going. 
Oh yeah. Um, I was just going to say that in terms of like watching games all the time and like becoming really, really invested in this team, I would say it's definitely 2021 once I got a lot more free time, like after high school and just being able to, to enjoy and like keep up with my fantasy team was really fun because I drafted horribly that year. I had Mike Trout in the first round, Marcelo Zuna at some point before he got arrested. Um, it was like Luke Voigt got hurt during the season. It was awful, but like Shohei Otani was the guy. Like he was the guy. He carried the squad. And like that was when I really got invested in watching baseball like every yeah. single day. And it's it's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I would say for me, 2011 definitely had a hand in, uh, in my development as a Cardinals fan as well. I mean, it's just really tough to not get invested at least a little bit when your team makes a run like that. And just being from St. Louis, I mean, you guys know the fans here are just so dedicated and everybody is so in tune with the team. Um, and especially with David Freeze, the hometown kid, making a run like that in the playoffs. I mean, that was just so special. I would say then, you know, between 2011 and 2015, during that incredible run they had, um, you know, just continued playoff success, deep October runs that really like, you know, set the table. Um, and then as I got a little older, a little bit more interested in just, you know, sports of all kinds. Um, and so when that success stopped, my interest didn't, it just grew. Um, and obviously, you know, 2016 through now has been a little bit futile. We only have the one playoff series uh, captured in that time, 2019 NLDS. So it's been a little rough. Um, but yeah, I would say around 2015, 2016 is when I became completely invested in watching every day, um, keeping up with the team being, you know, a very dedicated fan. So that's kind of my story as a Cardinals fan. Yeah. And uh, much like these two, I also started watching Cardinals baseball back in 2011 during our magical playoff run. Um, and I continued on and off a little bit in 2013. I watched uh, us make the World Series. And of course, seeing Colton Wong getting picked off on, on that base, man, that was, <laughs> that sticks in my mind to this day. Uh, yeah, it was but, pretty heartbreaking. It, it, it was tough to watch for sure. Uh, but, you know, after that, I took a little hiatus from, from watching baseball and I didn't really watch a whole lot um, until back in 2019. Uh, and that was when Sandy really introduced me to like the world of analytics and saber metrics around baseball. And before that, I hadn't really had any like knowledge about that side of baseball and what makes it really interesting. So once he, uh, once he showed me that side of baseball, I really uh, got back into it and I started watching pretty much every game of the season uh, moving oh, yeah. on. And yeah, that's been my, my journey. Uh, right. I think you guys are a little jealous. You don't have your favorite player's autograph, but I don't know. So what, what do I know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It'd be really tough to get Alan Craig's autograph at this point in time. I don't even know what he's up to these days. I should probably figure that out. Well, maybe we'll get him on the pod one day. You know? hey, always, always a chance. That would be amazing. I mean, David Fries, it lives in St. Louis still, I think, too. So he, he comes yeah. to Carlos games. So that's awesome. Yeah, speaking of David Fries, I heard I heard the Texas Rangers where you're at, Sandy. I, I heard they're doing a little thing when the Cardinals come to town. Some of the fans are gathering. They're holding up signs that say, I hate David Fries. I think we, we got to go be. and show them their place. This June, unofficial promo day, uh, you know, when the Rangers host the Cardinals, official I hate David Fries day. So. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I don't know. It's in June, so I won't be here. I'll be home St. Louis for the summer, but who knows? Maybe I'll find my way down here, you know. Before we get to the end, I wanted to do one more thing um, with you guys for sure. Uh, I'd love for us to just project out a little bit how we think this season's going to go. You know, I think we should all pick a win total. 
Um, let's see who's the closest at the end of the year. Put it on the board. Personally, I have the Cardinals at 97 wins this season. 97. Wow, that's a little high, but I'm I'm very bullish on this offense. I mean, you know, I'm a believer in Lars Newbar. I think Tyler O'Neill can have that bounce back year. I don't see any easy outs in this lineup. I think removing Molina, and albeit his defense was very good, um, you know, very influential in our games, but I think removing Molina's bat, uh, getting less at bats for Paul DeYoung. Hopefully, I don't want to see him take a single at bat in a Cardinals uniform this year, and I don't think he will right now. Uh, but I think removing those bats, especially less time for Kisner uh, now with Contreras, um, I think you're going to see the Cardinals win more games than they did last year. And we all know they had a good season last year, so I'll take 97. Yeah, um, I'm not quite as optimistic as a Sandy with 97 wins, but I, I could see us <laughs> in between 90 and 91 wins on the year next year, especially since. Uh, Next year, we're playing all the teams in the league, and there's a new format. I could see us uh, benefiting in some ways playing the uh, the less the less good teams, but um, I don't think it's going to have as big of an impact as uh, as we hope. I think it'll be around yeah, 90 or 91 wins next year. So, do you think that's good enough to win the central? I I think so. Cubs okay. have made a lot of moves this offseason. I don't think they're going to amount to uh, passing us up. And I, I don't really see the Brewers uh, besting their last year's totals. So, I mean, in the nicest way possible, I think the Cubs really shopped in the bargain then. Um, I mean, you know, they're going to they're gonna put butts in the seats. You know, they're going to sell tickets. A lot of fan favorites there and Hosmer, Mancini, a lot of really lovable players. I'm just not sure that's going to amount to many more wins. And that team only won 74 games last year, if I'm correct. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I'd be surprised if they win, if they, I'd be surprised if they are above 500 at the end of the year, especially because I think they're going to be looking to trade pieces if they're not in contention at the deadline. So many of one-year deals. Yeah. I think Bellinger and Mancini are probably out the door if they don't, if they don't contend, but. Um, yeah, I think so too. Hosmer could be too, if he has a decent year, but he yeah. was terrible last year, at least in the second half. If, if everything clicks for them though, if, if like Bellinger has some type of, return to his MVP form and Mancini picks it up a little bit. I can see them <laughs> above 500, but even with that, I don't really see them uh, passing us up in the standings. The yeah. The cards are just a lot stronger than the rest of the central this year. Milwaukee's pitching staff has a lot to dream on. Um, you know, you've obviously got Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, um, both Peraltas, you know, um, but I just don't see them putting it together offensively. I don't think they're going to score a lot of runs. Uh, I don't care who pitches. I mean, we've seen the Marlins lately. They can really pitch, but they certainly can't score. And I think the Milwaukee Brewers are going to be a better team than the Marlins, but I think they're going to look a lot like them. I agree. And I think they're, the signing of Wade Miley was definitely a good addition for them. As, that was a fantastic addition. Both for the rotation. Um, but the trades they made in the offseason, like adding Jesse Winker, sending away Colton Wong, I just think that that's not a, as big of an upgrade as they might hope in their lineup. Yeah but the Contreras move was really good for them. Yes. Yeah. I didn't yeah. think they gave much up to land Contreras. That was very impressive. Yeah. To give up almost nothing for uh, yeah. Contreras is, yeah, that was a nice move by them. Got to give them props when it's due for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. All right, Andrew, how many games are the Cardinals going to win this year? You guys might not like me for this, but I'm not as optimistic as you guys. I'm going with 89 wins. We're going to win the central. Wins. We're going to okay. win the central, but I think the offense has taken a little bit of a step back even um albert pools in the back. second half in the second half was just such a monster and 
I don't, I don't think you can get that production out of really anybody. Um, I know Contreras is going to be an offensive upgraded catcher, um, but can Juan Yepes and Nolan Gorman fill Albert's role at DH? That remains to be seen. Uh, Yepes mm. had some, showed some promise. Uh, I love that home run in the in the wild card round. That was our only real like run yeah. support at all in that series. But will Goldschmidt repeat his MVP form? Will Arenado repeat his MVP form? I'm not sure about that. I think both of those two had career years and they're not getting any younger so i worry about especially goldschmidt with his september and carrying yeah. into the playoffs it was just not not what we saw for the for the remaining part of the season like will he be as good as we expected and the pitching i think really needs some work wainwright i think will be serviceable because he figured out what was wrong with him in september he fixed his stride hopefully miles michaelis will be solid Dakota Hudson, I just don't know if if he's going to return to form after Tommy John surgery. Um, I'm a Stephen little bit Matz. more optimistic on Hudson. I'm yeah. a little bit more optimistic than the rest of people on Hudson. I really do think if you look at his career numbers, you know he had a career three seven ERA going into that season. Uh, I guess it was 2021 when he had TJ. Um, and so you know you look at pitchers their first year after Tommy John whether they're medically recovered or not, they're never quite as good. Um, I expect his ERA to be way down. Sure, he's still going to walk a lot of guys. He's not going to strike a lot of guys out, but he's going to continue to pitch to contact. I think his numbers are going to fall, not maybe exactly where they were. I mean, he really outperformed his fit for a couple of years in a row there, uh, but I think they'll fall a lot closer to that. He'll be a serviceable number five. And last year, I mean, he had, I think he led the league in the number of double plays turned around him. So he, he was yeah. definitely good for us in terms of, like ground ball stuff in him, but yeah. maybe maybe next year we'll see some improvement out of him, and hopefully his his strikeout stuff will come back. But yeah, if he still, limits the walks. Problem. Yeah, it's yeah. the walks for Hudson. If he can keep keep the free passes down, he's a very effective pitcher, even with the low strikeout rate. True. Yeah. I mean, looking at the rest of the rotation, Stephen Matz, I think, has to bounce back. He was hurt most of the season, and he really underperformed mm -hmm. what we had expected of him. Montgomery, I think, might have hit a ceiling last year. And Jack Flaherty, like, who knows at this point? Like, we haven't seen Jack Flaherty be consistent since the start of 2021, which is right around when he got hurt. And I am I worry about, about the pitching, especially because of the banning of the shift. Um, the shift mm -hmm. being banned, sure, I think all teams will benefit from it because they'll get more hits through. But the Cardinals rely on the ground ball. And if if more ground balls sneak through proportionally, the Cardinals are going to suffer a lot more from that than, than other teams. And I, I don't know if the pitching is going to hold up. Like I really wish we had brought back Jose Quintana because he yeah. was a league leader in home runs per night last year. Like who could have, could have guessed that going into last season that he would have been so good and he would have come back on a cheap deal, especially with his friend uh, Contreras now catching for us. Like I think that should have been a no brainer and letting him walk was a huge mistake. Um, and I definitely think we should have brought in a starting pitcher that, that generates swing and miss. Um, there's not much of that on the free agent market anymore, but if we can swing a trade for for anyone, really, like one of the Marlins guys, Lopez or Lizardo, uh, Edward mm. Cabrera is another name. But I think the pitching, the pitching worries me. The team is still very solid. Like it's going to probably win the central handily by like six, seven games, but like, will we will we 
advanced past the wild card round. We haven't done that since 2019. That's... I don't think the central is going to be super competitive personally. Yeah. I don't know. I seeing, mean, seeing Andrew McCutcheon go to the pirates, that, that, <laughs> that really bolsters them. So you never know. Yeah, no, the pirates are a joke, man. I mean, I, I would like to see some contention out of Pittsburgh because that, you know, that franchise just, it's brutal. Cincinnati too, you know, they built all the way till 2020. Maybe you could say they tried to contend in 2021, blew it up again, you know, but I don't see anybody in the same league as the Cardinals in the central this year. And I understand your concerns about the pitching. Um, basically this Cardinals team has one number two in Michaelis and then four number threes. Right. Um, and you've got a lot of depth too. I mean, to play a little bit of devil's advocate, the farm is super strong. Okay. Um, you've got so many guys who are going to fill roles. Obviously, you have Jordan Walker offensively, and Nolan Gorman should be a better bat this year. Remember, he had a 111 OPS last year. Uh, he was above average in his first season. People forget that because, sure, he had a lot of swing and miss in his game, but he also had a lot of power. Um, he looks like somebody who could hit for average as well. And from the left side, he looks like he's going to be a good bat still. Um, and on the pitching side, you have guys like Connor Thomas, um, Andre Pallante might get a shot at the starting rotation. And we all saw how effective he was last year. Jake Woodford, not as big a name, um, not as much buzz surrounding him. They think he's got a much lower ceiling, but hey, every time he's gotten a chance, he's performed. So I think the Cardinals are going to be able to mix and match. And this bullpen looks really, really deep. And that's why I think they're going to, I think with 97 wins, I think they're going to be the two seed in the National League. I think we'll go straight to the divisional series. I'm not even worried about a wild card series this year. Put it on the board. Would be Cardinals nice. are the two seed. Yeah, I would like to see that happen. Another name you also forgot is uh, Zach Thompson. Uh, oh I yeah, how could I forget Zach Thompson? Zach Thompson. Uh, I, I can see him being a, a good starter for us if he just works on uh, just staying consistent. Um, yeah, he needs to develop that fourth pitch because right now he's got he's got a good fastball. Um, he's got that nasty curveball, and he's a lefty, so. You know, the curve from the left side looks a lot like Libertor at times, although not quite as not quite as much downward action uh, as Libertor's 12-6 curve. Um, but I really like Thompson. I've got him right now in my projected roster. I've got him as one of our top lefty setup men. And I think he's going to be there for most of this year, but I do think he still has a future, at least a potential future in the rotation. But there are just so many guys, so many names. All right. Uh, I think we're going to finish today's first episode um, with a Sporkle quiz. So we're going to try to do this every once in a while, at least. Uh, we're going to just do a Sporkle quiz together. We're going to try to fill out the entire Cardinals roster. I believe it's 51 players suited up in Cardinal uniform during the 2022 season. Uh, we're going to see how many of them we can name. All right, let's get it. Let's get it started. All right. All right. So let's let's go around just with the, the obvious guys, right? Starting at catcher, we've got Yadier Molina, right? Oh, let's go Molina. Uh, starting pitcher. Yeah. Yeah, let's just get those obvious ones around. Edmund. Let's get the lineup down. So Arenado, uh, Dubar, um, O'Neill. Carlson. Yeah, it's gonna get really tough once we get to those guys that only played one or two games. That's when it's gonna get yeah. One Yepes. Yepes was a good one. Gorman. Um, Donovan. Donovan. Yeah. yeah. Get those infielders out of the way. DeYoung, um, I guess. DeYoung, oh, yeah. I hate I hate seeing that name on here. I hope he's not on the 2023 version. I mean, he'll probably play a couple of games and then get sent down or whatever. I don't know. It'll be all right. Show me Kisner and Herrera. Like Austin Romine. 
almost all the catchers. Yeah, Romine. Romine should be the last catcher, right? I think so. Uh, show me Burleson. He played a little bit of first. I'm just going to go positionally. Um, did we hit all the all the lineup guys? I feel like we missed somebody. Pujols. How, 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 oh, how, yeah. How <laughs> that's that's sad. <laughs> all right, uh, let's see. We're still missing some outfielders here. Um, every outfielder played. Yeah, yeah. That midseason. Oh, it's trade. alphabetical. Oh, it's, oh, alphabetical. it's alphabetical. Corey Dickerson. Um, yeah. Dickerson. Corey Huge Dickerson. Uh, Deluzio. <laughs> Deluzio. Speedster. You know he's with the with the Cubs now? Yeah, that's unfortunate. Right. Got him from Arizona. Signed Connor him Cable. as a minor league free agent. Connor, Connor Cable. That's a blast from the past. That guy broke up Otani's no-hitter with Oakland. I was not happy about that one. Yeah, he but... did. That was something. Um, let's see. Cabrera, I think, is that reliever right there? Yeah, Cabby. And then another reliever with a B. Why am I having trouble with this? Let's let's keep looking. Let's yeah. let's fill out some of these starters. Let's do let's rotation. Go, so we're going let's go Helsley. Let's go Helsley. Helsley. Let's get that yeah. one out of there. Larry Michaelis. Montgomery. Montgomery. Quintana. Quintana. Q. I love Q. Oh my god. I'll miss it. Huge Q. Yeah, I missed you a lot. Uh, James Nail for a reliever. James Nail. Oh, yeah, Nail. Cape Girardo native. Oh, show me Jake Walsh. Yes. Nice. Oh, Woodford as well. Jake Woodford. Nice. Um, Oh, who are some of these other? Oh, Zach Thompson. Zach Thompson was in for a while. Angel Rodon. Hmm. Oh, is that is that how you spell Rodon? I think so. I, he pitched at the very beginning of the year. Remember when Mats went down? Um, is it oh. Rondone? Rondone. Rondone. That's it. Rondone. Oh, Rondone. Rondone. There we yeah, go. Rondone. That should be it. Yeah, he pitched at the very beginning of the year, and then we got rid of him. Do we miss any starters? I feel like we forgot a starter. Uh, I think oh, Rondone. Oh yeah, obviously Hudson. We just talked about him. And there's, there's another, another starter, starter with an H name. Um, also, Libertor will be listed as a starter. Um, Rondon should be. Oh, we've already got him in there. Never mind. He was a reliever. Oh, Gallegos. Um, Giovanni Gallegos. Yep. Gallegos is go. good. Hicks. Uh, show me Hicks. Oh, Hicks was a starter. Okay. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. He was listed as a starter early in the year. I forgot about that era where he, he pitched a few games for us, like as a starter. That was weird. A weird time. Swingman with an iron right. name. That would be. Norton, Packy Norton. Oh, Norton. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Drew Verhagen is going to be in there somehow. Aaron oh, Brooks um, is the other B. The, Aaron Brooks. There's the Cleveland guys. There's a guy from Cleveland who we released. I forgot his name. I know we traded Oviedo, though, and he'll be after O'Neill. He was in the Quintana trade. Give me Stratton. Oh, yeah. Good pick. Who was the guy from Cleveland? Whitgren. Mm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, uh, those infielders, those utility infielders in there. Kramer Robertson will be one of them. Oh, oh he's DH. Okay. Um, couple more. Couple more. Get really down to nitty gritty. Reliever with an R name. That would be hmm, two infielders between R and S. And it's not a Robinson. W reliever. 
W. We already got Walsh. We have Gorman, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Who were the relievers at the beginning of the year that drove us nuts? Right. We, I mean, we had Wickren, we had Brooks, and there was one more. I swear. I thought it was Verhagen. Uh, maybe it was Verhagen. That signing just looks awful right now from the Cardinals' perspective. Yeah, I try to be positive generally, but not a lot to be positive about there. Oh, Sosa, Edmundo Sosa. I uh, about Sosa. Cardinal killer, Edmundo Sosa. And uh, Romine, right? Or Jojo Romero. Jojo oh, Romero. Romero. He's yeah. not real, apparently. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know if he was real or not because he didn't make any appearances for a while after that trade. We're down to four spots left here. Mm. What S name are we missing in here? Somebody who was barely up. Three relievers. Max Schrock? Was that no, a guy? Schrock that... was a while ago. Schrock was with Oakland last year. Mm. Man. Yeah, who's that last infielder that we, that we have here? They're all relievers. This is what I, I was afraid would happen. Some reliever that made like two appearances and I just forgot. Yeah, this is going to be really tough. What young relievers did we call up, man? This is going to – oh, uh, give me Cody Whitley. Cody Whitley. That's our guy. Yes. All right, um, down to two relievers and a utility. In oh, there's the guy who throws Junior Fernandez. He throws 100. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got rid of him. I liked him. Yeah. One reliever oh, and one reliever left. We're, we're so close. Reliever. Yep. With an M name. With an M Hmm. this one's really tough and an infielder with an s you know somewhere in between o and t so there's not a ton of range we've got to get this is there a soto at some point no maybe hmm. Hmm. i'm gonna have to pull up the roster for last year at this point i can't <laughs> Uh, I mean, uh, come on, we've got this. We've got to get this. I knew we were going to run into this problem. There are a couple of randos in there like Capel and Robertson, and we got those, and so I felt really good. There's a couple more. Uh, I know. Who is this reliever with the M name? This is going to drive me nuts. No way we can't get this. Who are the, who are the Sadas from last year? You want to explain the term Jose Seda while we're while we're thinking? I'd love to. While we take a little break from the action, it's a term we're probably going to throw around here a lot. It comes from an old John Boy video um, called "The Search for the Saddest Play Appearance." Basically, uh, John Boy's now member of Secret Base identifies Jose Seda as the pitcher in the saddest plate appearance of all time. He walked another reliever on four pitches. Jose Seda was a decent pitcher throughout his career. Uh, but almost entirely pitched in blowouts. Um, John Boyce notes that this was a time when there was only a pitcher on the mound because the rules said the game had to go nine innings, so there had to be. And so often we're going to refer to pitchers who we don't find particularly effective or who only appear in blowouts as Sedas. It's highly likely that this final pitcher is a Seda. You know, for a couple of seasons, I referred to Ryan Helsley as a Seda. And he was for I, a little bit until last yeah. season when all of a sudden he throws 103. I think he always threw oh 103. He just didn't have any command. But Yeah. Did Carlos Martinez pitch for us last year? Yes. 
Yes. Nope. Last year? Nope. No. That was early 2021. He was on a PED uh, suspension last year. Oh, yeah. Darn. That felt like a really good pick. Oh, my gosh, guys. I know it is. It's, it's McFarland. Oh. oh. So forgettable. Oh, I remember very forgettable. I had to make a thank you post for him on our social medias um, last week because he oh signed with gosh. the match or something. The true, the other true Seda. I remember we brought him and Luis Garcia McFarlane. in in 2021, and they were great then. But McFarland last year, that relationship needed to end a little bit faster than it did. Yeah. Now All one right. more player. We're down to one infielder with an S name. There's like, there's like, no range at all between O and T. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's S O or S P or S T. Okay, I think I found it. I I don't remember seeing him play in a game, but I'm seeing this on a roster list. Wait, here. give me the first. Uh, name. No, 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 no don't name. say it. Don't say it. Don't spoil it. To spoil it here, uh, I don't want to. Spoil first it. name? Should I say first name? Of this guy. Give me the first letter of the first name. What is it? I didn't hear that. It's a C. A C? How do I not know this person? All right, give me the first name. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's Corey. But there's no E, so it's Corey with a Y. What? Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't think – I don't remember. Did he ever play? How many games did he appear in? It, it's showing him on the roster list here. Uh, looks like he appeared in – Wait, see. give me the full name. Uh, Corey Spangenberg. Oh, my gosh. I should have gotten that. Yeah, longtime MLB vet, Corey Spangenberg. I forgot that he, like – I think he pinched ran for us at some point. That's terrible. That's terrible. Game. There's no way he played for us, right? When did he? No, play? I swear he did. I remember. He played did in one. Ever... I remember. I know. I recognize this name. I just didn't know that he played for us ever. We were never getting that one. I'll take fifty. Yeah, out of I would never have gotten that one. So fifty out of fifty-one. Not terrible. I mean, that's that's pretty good. You'd like to see Look us finish it off, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's look at the, the quiz. Yeah, it's Corey Spangenberg. 39%? There's no way 39% of people remember Corey Spangenberg. Okay, yeah. Corey Spangenberg appeared in one game, and he recorded zero plate appearances. You know, he didn't do anything. Did he even field? Like... <laughs> <laughs> he pinch ran. Was he in, like, one of the yeah. games where Arenado and Goldschmidt couldn't play in Toronto? Is that one of those games? Like I feel like that was the time where we get some some random name thrown around. Yeah, I, I assume. I don't know. He he didn't even record. He recorded one inning in the field, so he probably you know came in super late. But I mean, all in all, that's pretty well done by us. I was pretty impressed with our cardinal yeah. knowledge there. I don't know if anyone else would have gotten Spangenberg. I mean, 35% apparently. Yeah, seriously. How about the Aaron Brooks era at the beginning of the year? That was a dumpster fire signing. The best way to waste a million dollars is to spend it on an old reliever, as the Cardinals have found. We've grown to be experts in doing that with John Lester and, uh, yeah, John Lester and uh, who's the other guy? J.A. Happ. J.A. Happ and Wade LeBlanc. Yeah. 
yeah. for me as a Cardinal fan, I think John Lester had one of the biggest redemption stories that I can ever think of because he was sure. a huge part of that 17 game winner. And it was like, without him, who knows? Well, yeah, I mean, and he was coming from what Boston to Chicago to Washington. I mean, that's almost the worst career path possible. <laughs> what did he beat us in the 2013 World Series? Yeah, Won it with did. the Cubs in 16. Won it with the Nationals in 19. I mean, there's three. three. He, yeah. he didn't win it with the Nationals in 19, actually, did he? I don't think so. I think oh, No, I think he was still with the Cubs, yeah. Definitely still with the Cubs. But still, I mean, to be a National, we don't like the Nationals much here. Um, <laughs> finally finished off as a Cardinal, retire, go out the right way. That was awesome. Yeah, it's a good, good story. He had himself a for nice sure. year for sure. He finished yeah. with three World Series rings, and I mean, yeah. he was just elite back in his day. Yeah. One of the most fearsome pitchers in the league at some point. 2016, he was an absolute menace with the Cubs. And that'll do it for the first episode of the Newt News Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. Be sure to subscribe, like, leave us a comment or a review, and recommend us to your friends. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and anywhere else you might find content and or watch a podcast. There's also a link to our website where we provide up-to-the-date Cardinals news in our Twitter or Instagram bios. Thanks, everybody, and have a great night. Thanks, everyone.